Welcome to episode 88 of Fringe with Benefits. This week, Stacy is joined by Cheney. It's been a minute since these two girls have been together, so you're going to want to listen in on this one. I come to you to scramble your brain on all things anomalous, peculiar, weird, and abnormal. Now let's get into it. Got it? Yep. Welcome back to Fringe with Benefits, episode 88 now, and we have a special guest, one of the baddest chicks I've ever known, Cheney Plant. You all may know her from, you know, the thing. (laughs) Um, Her and I have really, really connected. She has the same interests that I do. I was blown away. She's, you know, whipping out stoicism books you know when we first met and i was just like wow this lady is something special and she really likes all the same things i like so we've become really fast friends so um say hi to everybody at fringe with benefits teeny hello everyone stacy it's good to chat (laughs) yeah yeah it's good to see you yeah (laughs) um So I do like, I really just want to have a conversation with you, but I do have some questions that'll help us like get to know you. So unless you have anything to say on the onset, we will, I'll just start throwing them at you. Are you cool with that? I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the first one, I actually heard this question on Roseanne Barr's new podcast because I'm loving it. She's only on episode two, but she interviewed James O'Keefe and he's super cool. I really like him. And she asks him this question. I was like, wow, this is a great question because people like us, you don't want to say like, I'm not like other girls or I'm not, you know, I'm not like other people, but we really are not like other people. You and I specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And she asks him, at what age did you know you were different? At what age did you know you were kind of a rebel and you weren't like everybody else? And I want to ask you that question. Like, when did you know? That's a good question. I would probably say maybe around 15. Okay. I'd probably say that because I just had this feeling like, Remember, I was looking in the mirror one day, and I just thought to myself, this, you're supposed to be a certain type of person. And from there, I changed everything. Like, I used to be, um, like, I was overweight as a kid, which a lot of people don't know. I used to play a lot of video games. And, I mean, I still went outside, but it wasn't, like, I went through this weird phrase. Like, I was a very outdoorsy kid, and then when I hit my teenage years and things were awkward... I turned inward more, I guess. And so I spent a lot of time like alone because uh, I like I was picked on growing up. And um, so I just like spent all the time by myself. I, I played video games. I, I mean, I didn't know what healthy eating was. And you're going through puberty, you know, so it's weird. And you want those comfort foods and things. And um, I just remember one day looking in the mirror and I was like, you're supposed to be like, athletic and you're supposed to live a different life like a life of adventure and like I knew I wanted to be in the military and I knew I wanted to do all these things and I just thought to myself like this isn't who you're supposed to be 
Wow. And I changed. I started, that's when I really started reading more books. I stopped playing computer games and video games completely. I started working out. I just started training because I wanted to be in the military. And I started to just really work hard. Like, I stopped, I didn't play sports, so I got a job and I just I focused on having a good work ethic. And just in the characters I read in all of my books, I wanted to be like them. Like, I wrote, read a lot of true stories of adventure and hardship and people that just broke away from the social norm. Like, I remember going to, um, uh, like, a trading post, gear, like a big gear store. They sell new gear and stuff like that. They have a huge book section, and I got all kinds of books on wilderness survival and preparedness. And then I got stories of people that moved out to the the you know, Alaskan wild or traveled around Africa. I picked up, you know, Thoreau's work, um, Emerson's work, Hemingway. I just wanted to read about these people and these lives that they had. And that really changed things for me. And around that time, the movie Into the Wild came out. Mm-hmm. And it looked, I was like, oh, that looks cool. And I went to the movie theater with my friends to go see it. And just something about that movie just resonated with me hardcore and just really pushed all that out. And I was like, I could just relate with Chris McCandless. We also have the same birthday, which was pretty cool. Not the same year, but we're on the same, yeah, same day. Whoa. And I, was, I didn't know that till the end of the film when it said, like, you know, how long he lived. And I don't know, just what he did, I it just resonated with me. I was like, he had this life where he did what you were supposed to do. He went to graduate with straight A's, went off to college, went to this prestigious school, you know, had the the car and the looks and all that stuff. And it's going to be this, you know, this big, this big shot. And then he had this epiphany, like, I don't need all this stuff. This isn't, this isn't what life's about. And he got, you know, you know the story, he got rid of everything and yeah. he went and traveled the world. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Wow. That's and, amazing. Yeah. Ever since then, I've just been like on this roll. And then when I joined the military and you meet people from all over, that motivates you because you learn so much from other people. And I realized, like, what a sheltered life I lived in Maine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah. meeting people from the big city and I'm meeting people of different races and different backgrounds and people that, you know, grew up with gang violence in their neighborhood and lost family members to violence and drugs and all that. And I didn't know that was a thing because I'm this little white girl from Maine, you know? And, um, yeah, I just, I just learned from people and different books that they were reading and different movies that came out. And it just kept going from there. And, and that's how I got into stoicism and philosophy. Cause it's just, I love people and I love, cause I'll, I'll go out and hang out with, you know, go to a party or something like that. Like, I don't want to go to the movies. I don't want to go out and do things where I can't interact and talk with people. I want to go big parties, go out to bars, go out to markets. I want to interact. I want to learn. I want to have long form conversations. And that's really what got me to where I am today, I guess, when I was, yeah, 15. And I just, I had this feeling, like, it just hit me. I was like, you're supposed to be a certain kind of person. And I just started drifting towards adventure 
and hard like stories about hardship and and then it just it never stopped wow it's like you had a like an intuitive knowing or a light switch came on and you knew exactly what you were supposed to do Mm -hmm. and i can still remember i can still picture the bathroom in the house that i lived in at the time and i just remember looking in the mirror going like this is not who you're supposed to be man it changed that's amazing so you didn't have other people in your life that were already doing those things no nope everybody here you know everybody they work in the trades they drive a truck or everybody is just your typical blue collar comfortable mow the lawn a certain way You know, get a new truck every two or three years. Uh, There's really nobody, you know, living on the edge like me. And I was like, there's more to life. Like, everybody here just, like, they work all the time. And their idea of, you know, fun or vacation is, like, going to the lake for the weekend. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, boring. There's more than that. There's more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's like, for them, that makes them happy. And, you know, good for you. But that's not what. That's not what drives me. Mm-hmm. Like I will save up my money and I will buy a ticket to Salt Lake City and then I will rent a car and I will drive out into the desert and I'll go out there for the week. Like for me, I'm like, that's the vacation I want. If it's going to cost me a thousand dollars, I'm going to work hard to save up a thousand dollars and then I'm going to go spend it on that experience. That's what I'm going to do. I can go buy a jet ski. I can go buy a side-by-side off-road vehicle. I can put stupid big tires on a, one of my vehicles or I can spend that money wisely and you have an experience that's going to last me a lifetime versus a thing that's going to be temporary. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That, I think that's the major difference between people like you versus everybody else is like they're striving for material and you're, you're looking for the experience, the adventure, um, Kind of the same thing as far as your entertainment goes, I'm seeing. Like, we do learn a ton about the world through other people and their experiences. So anytime I have an opportunity to just, like, envelop myself in that. And I didn't know what I had been missing my whole life until I was able to travel the world some. And you were exposed to it a lot earlier than I was. I was very wrapped up in kind of a like a traditional lifestyle but it stemmed from gang violence and drugs and alcohol and partying and I ended up marrying this guy who was gang affiliated and he was a violent alcoholic and I I I was just so wrapped up in just saving these people it just a really strange experience so I didn't have an epiphany until my 20s and even then it was kind of a struggle between worldly things and what i was here to do you know so yeah. i guess i'm a, i'm a late bloomer <laughs> you're, you're a late bloomer but you had it yeah i did yeah, yeah. um so i you guess know, go ahead oh no i was gonna say uh you know my favorite flower is lupin but it doesn't it takes a full year until it blooms ah Unlike most flowers, it'll bloom in a couple of months. So don't feel bad, Stace. Okay. The best, flowers take, <laughs> the best flowers take a while to bloom. Awesome. I'm gonna have to look those up. I don't. I don't recall seeing them. They're they're everywhere 
in the Northwest. You've seen them. Okay. All right. Now I know their name. I'm going to have to, I'll go look them up. Yeah. Um. So you said you knew you wanted to be in the military as, at a young age. When did you know you were going to, because you joined the Air Force, right? I did. And when did you know you wanted to do that? Well, I knew I wanted to be the mil- in the military when I was eight. Wow. Watched um, a show on the Discovery Channel back when it was educational. And uh, it was about the Marine Corps. And I thought that was the Marine Corps boot camp. And I thought it was just cool. Uh, hold on real quick. Did you just cover your mic a little bit? Um, I don't. Where's the, oh, I. It's better now. Okay. I might have. I put my phone on my phone, my laptop on my leg in a different way. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So, I watched a documentary on the Discovery Channel about Marine Corps boot camp. And, you know, when you're that small, that you know, everything is cool. And I was like, that's, I want to be a Marine. That's what I want to do. And, I mean, we watched all kinds of war movies growing up, like, um, you know, Band of Brothers and Full Metal Jacket and um, Saving Private Ryan. And so this the romanticism of it, mm-hmm. being a hero you know, saving people, giving back, you know, supporting your country. Uh, just the selflessness like that. I was like, that's what I want to do. And so for me, like going through junior high and high school, that was easy when we had to do our career things. Like, I don't worry, I'm not worried about college and learning cursive. Like I'm going into the military. I'm like, I don't need this shit. <laughs> and um, so I was, well, I was like, I'm going into, I'm, I'm joining. I'm, I'm good. And then uh, when I was, 16 and I wanted to sign the paperwork uh, my parents wouldn't let me join the Marine Corps so I decided on the Air Force and that's when I learned about SEER the survival evasion resistance and escape specialist career field that I ended up joining and which is actually like the whole reason why I ended up being on Naked and Afraid and now you know meeting you guys um so yeah I would say eight years old but when I was 16 I was like, all right, I'm going to be a SEER specialist. And that's also what helped me change. That's what flipped the switch for me. Because like, if you're going to do this, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And you need to be ready. So I would go, I'd work out. I remember I joined the YMCA. And I'd work out pretty much every day. I would do a calisthenics routine every other day. And in between, I'd run or I'd swim. So I was always working out. I'd, I loved running. I would you know, be bored go for a run, be shitty weather, go for a run, 10 o'clock at night, can't sleep, go for a run. I ran all the time. I love to run. I don't love to run now, but um, yeah, I always just kind of knew. 16, it was like, I'm going to be a seer specialist. And like, I found my high school yearbook and my senior picture. And uh, it says, I'm like, I'm going to do this and that. And I'm going to be seer. And I'm going to skydive and I'm going to do this and do that. And, and I look at it now and I'm like, I, Shit, I did all the I did all those things. And I forgot about the yearbook until my mom pulled it out of storage a couple years ago and I'm going through and I'm like, oh shit, I did everything I said I was gonna do. Damn. Yeah. Well, except huh. for I didn't get into downhill mountain biking. I just I tried it, but I <laughs> it wasn't for me. <laughs> you tried though. I mean you you actually tried. <laughs> yeah, I I try everything. I'm like, that looks cool, or I'm like, that looks that looks dumb. That's weird. I'm gonna try it. I try everything. Yeah, that looks like a lot of fun, actually. I would love to do that. Yeah, it's it is fun, but it's just I didn't want to get hurt, so I yeah. Oh my God. It and seems expensive. 
Yeah, I can imagine. It's it seems like a one way ticket to getting your ass chewed the hell up. You know, something broken, die, break your neck. Fuck that. Yep. Nope. I was I was good. Um. So, okay. What made you? Because everyone asks this question, and I can't stand it, but it's the same answer for me every time. What made you decide? to do naked and afraid and it's two part this is a cast ask um did they come for you or did you go to them so what made you decide to do it and did they come after you or did you come after them so they came after me they found me on instagram i think um because they wanted a veteran female they wanted somebody that had a seer background and I just happened to fit all of those things and at first I didn't want to do it because honestly I never watched the show mm-hmm. I still don't except for when I'm in it or my friends and uh I just thought I was like that show just kind of seems a little ridiculous to me I don't want to do it I don't want to be naked I just I'd rather do something else and but I had this feeling that you should go because there's a reason why this is happening yeah. I always tell myself that. I'm like, why is this happening? You know, this could lead you down a path, an unimaginable path of sorts. And this very much so has. And honestly, I'm glad that I did it. There are times where I'm like, oh boy, ugh, is this the best decision? But at the end of the day, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm happy mm-hmm. with all my challenges. I would say yes again. I'd go back out again. Would I do some things differently? Sure. But yeah, they came after me and I just, I had, I felt like I had to try. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, um, are you modest? Are you a modest person or was the naked, you said the naked thing was a little kind of eck at first? At first it, it was. I, I am a, I am a modest person. I think like, I don't have a problem now being naked in front of people. Like, before I'd go to the gym or wherever, and, like, you'd have to change. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just, I change the locker room. But I, I'm still modest. Like, if there's a family in there with kids, I'll go in the stall. If, um, But if it's, like, older, like, there's a lot of old ladies that go there for, you know, swim aerobics. Yeah. Whatever. I just get naked right then and there. Uh, there's a time and a place to be naked. And if it's the right time, right place, I'll get naked. Like, I would <laughs> yeah. love to go to a I'd love to go to a nude beach. Um, I don't have a problem. Of, um, yeah, I enjoy it. And it was good for me because before I was more shy about it. Like mm-hmm. I've been to Burning Man. I went before the show and I never got naked. And now I always wish I had the confidence. And now I do. But I don't know if I'm going to go back to Burning Man. But if I do, you bet I'm going to be. <laughs> At least in my underwear. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to ride my bike fully naked. But. <laughs> Because it's like it's hot and it's dusty and, you know, I want to protect my private parts, but I'll be like, I'll be in my underwear. Yeah, fun. Roman free. Um, Now nudity is not a problem. Awesome. Yeah, I was always really, if if you would have told me when I was like 15, you're going to be naked on TV someday, I would have been like, no way in hell. Um, Always been really self-conscious. Um. Don't really know. I think the only reason I got over that is just by doing it mm-hmm. and not caring and and realizing that we're we're so disillusioned by 
what we think the world sees because our perception of ourselves and the perception of other from other people of ourselves is two totally different things. And so I knew that I was just kind of cracked about it. It wasn't a big deal, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really not. Cause like I think about when I go out into public to the beach or whatever, and I see everybody in their bathing suits, I don't ever look at anybody and go, Oh yeah, no ever. So I'm like, I'm not doing it. Nobody, I'm, I'm pretty sure nobody else is really, if they are, I don't want that person to be associated with me anyway, because they're shallow. Mm-hmm. And the crew has seen it before. Yeah, they're not, they don't care. <laughs> we all, they don't care. We all have the same parts. Yeah, we look a little different, but it's all the same. And it's just generations of Puritan shame. That Yeah, that it's silly. It's silly. I'm like, we're naked. And honestly, like the naked body, like I'll see naked people, uh, no, just not even just on the show, but at Burning Man, just mm-hmm. naked people everywhere. And uh, not once have I looked at somebody and been like turned on. Right. You know, usually you see a naked stranger. You're not, I'm I'm not anyway. Um, the Because the human body naked, like it's not like the sexiest thing. No, it's not. It it shows it shows our frailty. That's for sure. It's very vulnerable. It you is. Know. Which, I think a little more vulnerability would do a lot of people good. Absolutely, I agree with that for sure. I, I, I'll tell you a funny story. There's a nude beach on Lake Washington in Seattle, and it was uh, me, my boyfriend, and my son and his best friend. They were about fourteen. And we went to go check out Kurt Cobain's house, the one he died in. And right across the street is a beach access. And Joe's like, well, you know, I really want to go swimming. Let's go to the beach. I was like, all right, let's go. And we're walking in. Typical Seattle neighborhood, typical Seattle people. And the deeper you get into, you know, near the water, you just start seeing naked people. And there were, there was like a beach blanket with all these topless girls and a couple of them were kissing and we're like, Oh, this is very Seattle. (laughs) And we get to the water, everyone's butt naked. And my son and his friend were like, Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) They're like, mom, we're at a nude beach. I was like, Joe, you wanted to go swimming, go swimming. And so we, you know, stripped down to our bathing suits, went swimming and my son and his friend went down the beach a little bit and swam away from all the the all nakedness. The but we had a great time. It was fun, fun time. So if you're ever in Seattle again, that's a place to go. To. I plan to. We should go. Yeah. I actually I used to live in West Seattle. Oh, did you? Yeah, I lived there for a year. When I got out of the Air Force in 2016, I moved to West Seattle with a couple friends of mine. And I lived there for a year and I just couldn't do the rain anymore. Yeah, and it was expensive. I was like, I, I'm just gonna work. I'm not able to enjoy this place, and when it is nice out, I have to work anyway. So yep. I'm like, I, just, I can't, can't stay here. And then it, it just, sucks. It's too fucking liberal now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, oh, it's such a cool place, and then people move in and they ruin it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the leadership, they're out of their freaking minds. They're ruining the place. It's a real shame. I, I wouldn't even call it leadership. Like it needs to be something else. It's um cartelism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean they're just in there collecting a paycheck. Yeah, a big one too. It's a huge bummer. 
I know they're just like they're squatting in the government building, and it's like, dude, either be in charge or get the get out. Yeah, I know. Be responsible or leave. Like, so you I must have- you left right before it went to real shit, right? Yeah, I did. Yep, and I remember just being so thankful because <laughs> I'm watching it like, what is one like? I remember like the whole. I don't even remember what Chaz was. But I used to go to that neighborhood all the time. I used to go get ice cream there. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ice cream shops was in that neighborhood. Um, What's it called? Oh, shoot. I want to say, is it Molly Moons? Yeah, they're suing the city of Seattle right now because of the, the chop thing. Oh, that was so... It's like, good, huh? the best ice cream. It's well, so maybe good. I try to get over there if before they close down. I don't know if they're closing down or not, but there's a big old drama going on between them and the city. It's it's worth a trip. It's so good. I can't even remember what flavor I got. It might have been like Thai iced tea. No, that's Full Tilt. That Full Tilt is another one that's out there. Um, I think it was like some sort of Earl Grey lavender. Yeah. The flavors there were so good. I love ice cream. So That sounds amazing. I love ice cream, too. Yeah. And Seattle was cool. It's such a bummer. Like I used to work at a bar in West Seattle called the Parliament Tavern. It's closed down. But that place like kept the Seattle like underground grunge scene alive. I remember um, Katie Cornell came there with her band and sang. Whoa. Yeah. And a couple of the people like uh, the old manager, one of the old managers for Pearl Jam, somebody that was associated with Pearl Jam. He had a band and he was there. He played. I saw mm-hmm. some awesome shows working there. And the people that it brought out were like people that were still holding on to like true Seattle. So I got yep. to see that. It was super cool. And then things were just like, I just couldn't afford to live there anymore. Right. And so I, I decided to move home to, to Maine and I haven't looked back. Yeah. I lived in Seattle for a summer for a couple months. I was doing door to door sales for a pest control company. That was nuts. But oh, yeah, I went I out there for summer. Can't even imagine what you saw going door to door in Seattle. Lots of cool stuff. Like I remember one guy in particular, his name was Marsman Powell. He was a Dominican guy. He invited me in and I probably shouldn't have gone into any of these people's houses, but I went in because I, you know, I don't no fear. And he gave me this little tiny Buddha that's like two inches high and it's on my dashboard i'll keep it there forever but i think he passed away you'll have to send me a picture of that because i have a little tiny buddha yeah dash in my car too no kidding yeah awesome okay i'll send you a picture and then i've got the the necklace that i made in south africa the first time i went and it's got the little bird's feet you know tied up into it and some wire wrapped um agate and stones that i found in the river it's really neat oh that's it yeah send me a picture of that too that sounds cool i will i will i remember being out there and darren he's like really good at wire wrapping and he was telling me that i was doing it wrong (laughs) and i was like i'm gonna do it how i want to do it i don't care if it looks bad (laughs) i'm doing it It it's my art exactly delaney used to make jewelry too she probably knows how to wire wrap you guys would get along I would love her. I already know it. So well. She's house sitting uh, tonight and through the weekend. So she, she's usually here on the weekends, but she's she's like an hour south of here house sitting. But oh my God, you guys would be like two peas in a pod. 
for sure absolutely um what what did i want to okay well i i i'm kind of fangirling about the seer thing um give everybody uh just like a brief synopsis of why it's so badass and why it's special because it's it's like special ops stuff right it's it can kind of, we're so it's more special ops support some seer guys do have a chance to do some really cool shit but it's very very few of them um but seer basically stands for survival evasion resistance and escape and our job is to train air crew members uh what to do if something happens on board their aircraft so they either have to they crash land or they have to jump out with a parachute or they have to eject with a parachute if they're a fighter and we train them what to do if you land in the ocean if you land in the forest if you land in power lines if you land behind enemy lines and then we cover every biome on the planet so temperate arctic desert open ocean coastal tropical um uh, i feel like there's more but uh anyway you get the idea it's every biome possible mm -hmm. on the planet and we teach them the there's certain principles for everything. So fire's different in every environment. Shelter's different in every environment. Navigation is different. Uh, we do a lot of um, not just first aid, but mental preparedness. Mm -hmm. um, we talk a lot about that. So the psychological aspect of it. So we teach them how to survive no matter where they land. We teach them how to use different signaling devices to include radios, flares, um, different lights, things like that, uh, to get somebody's attention so they can get picked up. Uh, what to do if they're in enemy territory? So how to how to hide, how to get away. What to do if they do get captured? Which mm -hmm. a lot of that's classified, so I can't go into that. But yeah. um, and then finally, like if you're in a place you don't want to be, like how do you escape? If you're in a wartime environment, you're in a governmental environment where it's like we're not at war with the country, but you know, it's like China. The Chinese have you for like, what do you do if the Chinese have you? Or what do you do if the Russians have you? Or you find yourself in South America and, uh, you know, some sort of guerrilla group gets mm -hmm. you down there. Because, I mean, it implies like not just for your military life, but if you're out on vacation. Yeah. Something happens. And you're, or you could be at a bank and all of a sudden somebody rolls in and wants to rob the bank. Guess what? You're a hostage now. So, like, we covered a broad spectrum of things like my tech school was six months long and then i had on the job training that i had to do this that was another six months um and then there's more training mixed in there so like for about a year and a half you're learning mm -hmm. but so seer is so special because it covers everything yeah. which is why like when i'm out on naked and afraid it's like oh well i'm in the desert technically so this is what i would do in the desert and you know yeah there's fish and all that. i know fishing techniques because i taught you know, ocean and open water survival. So I can use some of these techniques that I learned there. And yeah, it just you're just you're, you're just a well rounded survivalist. Yeah. Because people that learn survival nowadays that go to classes or watch YouTube videos, you're all in a temperate forest. Or it's wintertime and you're dealing with snow, but generally you're still in a temperate forest or you're taking some special class in Arizona or, you know, eastern Colorado or central Colorado, and you're still kind of in the desert, but it's, I don't know, Seer just really focused on 
everybody. Yeah, I like that. I like that. How important do you think that is for the average person to learn those skills? Now, I think it's a little more important than it used to be. You know, we used to make fun of preppers and all those people. Mm-hmm. And I, in the pandemic, I guarantee you all of them are just sitting back laughing their asses off. Eating their eating their freeze dried food and drinking the wine that they've had in their basement for twenty years, and um, that's when I was like, you know what? I used to make fun of those people, but now like I'm the prepper. Like I've got a freeze dryer, um, I'm canning stuff. Like I've got chickens. I'm growing this big garden, all this food. I'm making my own hot sauce. I'm you know starting to stockpile arrows and ammunition, <laughs> and um. Because we all saw in the last couple of years, like, man, shit can shut down. Yeah, yeah. And it's... we start looking into how old our electrical grid is. That shit is old. Mm-hmm. That can go down. We need one good solar flare. I mean, we're on the brink of nuclear war, apparently, with Ukraine and Russia. And apparently now the Chinese want to build some sort of joint base with in Cuba. And um, Great. I know. Well, I just read the headline, so I'm guilty of just reading the headline, but... I mean, we're in a constant state of shit just falling off the rails. So now it's a good time as ever because I tell people, I'm like, don't bring your friends to my house. Yeah, exactly. Because I ain't going to feed everybody. <laughs> I ain't going to feed everybody. Like, I'm here to take care. My mom lives across the street, taking care of my mom. My, mm-hmm. my girlfriend's going to be here. Uh, I'm taking care of people that were nice to me. So all right. these people are taking shit on the internet right now. Don't come to my house. Mm-hmm. good Don't go tell him that's right and uh because i'm like did we not learn anything over the last couple of years did i don't learn anything i don't think i think they, it just glazes right over uh, you know unless it truly affects them i noticed that there were a lot of people during the the pandemic thing i got my pandemic shirt on i've never heard it called that How what that? you gotta see the the movie pandemic it says a hundred percent censored, zero debunked. Where do I work? What where do I watch that on? Like YouTube TV or you would have to probably go to Rumble. I'll shoot you links because it, it was banned on, on YouTube. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get on Rumble anyway. And BitChute. BitChute's good too. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you some links. Um yeah, that would be great. They've done a few uh, you know, like post pandemic documentaries on all kinds of stuff so they're they're on it they're trying to help this shit show we got going on good yeah i mean knowledge is power it really is and that's kind of why you know i started the podcast was so i could talk about things without i don't need feedback i'm going to talk about what i want to talk about you know, if you don't like it, don't listen. But that was the problem with sharing my thoughts on social media is I was constantly being attacked. It was nonstop. So I just don't go there for that kind of stuff anymore. If I want to say something that's slightly controversial, I come here, I do it. And and I love it. It's been very therapeutic because there should be no topic off the table for discussion ever. You yeah, know, I mean, it's part of the constitution like we have uh, within I mean, everything's within reason right the right to free speech like you can't just say whatever you want but you should be free to have these discussions mm-hmm. as long as you're not harming anybody exactly planning to harm somebody um you know and this is just like going back to the mid to late 1700s when we were sitting around the table 
in yeah. our homes and our families talking about like how we had to leave Britain and all like in this human humans don't change. Things never change. We're just in a different environment. People we're the same as we've been 300 years ago to today. We just have more technology, but we all, we all feel the same way in our hearts. Like we should just be free to do what we want. Nobody should control us, but we're a community. So we have to give back in some way and support this, but we shouldn't be controlled. No, no. Even, you know, even if we want to be an asshole, you know, we should. (laughs) Apparently. Yeah. 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 If you want to be a dick, it's on you. That's on you. And again, I don't have to listen. So if somebody's being a dickhead, I don't have to listen. There's plenty of people that I've blocked on social media, so I don't have to see their shit. Yep. And I'm happier for it. That's right. Me too. Same here, girl. Same here. Um, another thing I wanted to... Okay, when we were on the phone the other day, we talked about how doing the challenge, the Naked and Afraid challenge, that there's two experiences you have. You have the valued one, the one that we went out there for the one with the, the connection and the camaraderie and the experience in itself. And then we have the airing when the network airs their version in which they take bits and pieces of what our experience was out there. And they do sort of a storytelling and they tell everybody what went down and granted they can't use nothing that we didn't give them. Right. So they definitely got to film us doing it, but there is, there's some things that are lost in translation and, you know, I can't really get into discoveries, um, ethical guidelines when it comes to the edit, but it's two totally different experiences and maybe give me your experience like i mean i know you had a great time when you were out there because we usually do um good connections lifelong friends versus how you felt during the airing of your episodes like if you can tell us what it was like for you yeah i mean the first one i felt was pretty accurate it really showed the the struggle and the bond my first one i have no real critiques it was just like it happened. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. It showed me taking care of Rebel and having a heart to heart with her and, you know, being sad when she left because I lost my my partner and then the connection I built with the guys and how we became such a strong team. And nothing was ever made to look bad. It really focused on the camaraderie and the the dedication we all had for each other. And, you know, like my solo I had a lot of come to Jesus moments out there. A lot of like, because you have so much time to think Mm -hmm. out there, you know, when you have downtime and I'm thinking about life. And of course, you know, the producer wants you to talk about everything you're thinking about. And I had such good interviews. I had, you know, I had really good, good conversations, you know, with my diary camera, you know, with myself and just like, and none of it was shown. Oh, man. Very little was shown, but it's like, you know, and I, I'm kind of mad because, like, yeah, I know, like, it was really cold where I was in the crew, and they showed that too much. Like, I'm struggling with the cold. Like, that's what they focused on, 
and they didn't focus so much on my triumph from the cold. Like, it took me a long time to build that shelter, and they glazed over it. it took me a long time to make those shoes. They glazed mm-hmm. over it. I made a couple other things out of all those hides. They didn't show me making stuff. They didn't show, you know, they didn't really go into into the details of what I built and what I did and why I was doing it. Yeah, there were scenes where, like, yeah, I had a mental breakdown. I had two mental breakdowns. What would you do if you were out there for 21 days in a frozen grassland by yourself? You're going to have... <laughs> I would cry. <laughs> and you know what? I was like, there's people that are going to call me a weak-ass bitch on the internet. I'm like, fuck them. I don't care. This is a raw moment. And I let it out. I let myself be vulnerable on national television. And if people want to shit on that, that's on them. They need a hug. I'm like, all right, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can glaze over it or you can think deep and look deep and you know meditate on the experience that you're watching on tv and be like what if i was in her shoes yeah like why is this happening people just watch and go oh pussy and it's like (laughs) (laughs) think about it for a second i have a piece of leather that i'm wearing as a poncho i don't Mm -hmm. know like what's the r value of a wildebeest hide it's not much yeah (laughs) you know what i mean And I'm just like, dude, give me an effing break. I'm like, yeah, anyway. So, like, I just wish they focused on just the insight you have and, like, because you know how it is out there. Mm -hmm. You have these moments and you have these great conversations, you know, back and forth with your producer asking you questions. And, you know, because we're people with lives and experiences and we have a story and they tell us, we want to tell your story. We want to tell your story. And then you watch the edit and you're like, you're not telling my story. No. Yeah. You're telling your version of my story. Mm-hmm. And you weren't paying attention when you were listening to my story because your version is not what I showed you. Mm-hmm. And so that's my thing with that. But overall, like solo is pretty good. Um, and then last one standing, this one I've grappled with a lot and it's like every week I'm nervous leading up to the episode I don't know what they're gonna show you and I both know what happened out there we both know the dynamic we know we're all friends like we know each other's backgrounds we know the history we know a lot of things that a lot of people don't know and then you watch it and you go that's what they decided to show mm-hmm I get it. They got to get ratings. But it's like, what about the bond I built? We see me give Wes that hug goodbye. Yeah. That's not just the hug you give somebody you've, you know, it's not like your neighbor that you see every couple of months in passing. That was a hug of two people that bonded. Where was the, where was that? Nobody saw that. Nobody saw all the great moments that Dan and I had, the great moments that I had with Waz, the conversations I had with Gary, the the team building and the friendship, the, you and me sitting by the river. Mm-hmm. You and me, like, I didn't know where your camp was most of the time. If I had known, I would have come and I didn't, and I like watching, I'm like, poor Stacy. I'm like, if I'd only known, I would have been like, cameraman, where's Stacy's camp? I'm like, <laughs> find Stacy. I'm like, you guys want some good footage? Let's go find Stacy. I had no idea. But we had all these moments, like all of us sitting by the river, bare-assed, mm-hmm. laughing, you know, having fun. Um, the things that Dan and I, me teaching Dan how to read a map. Yeah. Me rehanging that axe. 
um, the all the problem solving we did, the jokes we're telling, the laughing, the ha 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 ha, like having a good time, and instead they just kind of focus on us, like at each other's throats. Yeah, and like there's so much more to that story, and that challenge could have been such a powerful, motivating, um, just cool experience. But they wanted. They invited everybody out there for a reason. They knew what they were asking, what they were going to get when they invited certain people. Mm-hmm. And that's what they wanted. And it's like, you guys missed the boat. You're going down the drama river, which every TV show does. And I'm like, where is the education, yeah. the camaraderie, the team building? And I, I get it. It's last one standing. It's a competition. I grew up playing sports. You can be, a, you can play fair. Yeah. You can, like, I've got friends that I played sports with that were lived in other towns that were on other teams. That never changed anything. We would still hang out before and after the game. There was never any hard feelings if you lost or if you won. You can be a good sport. Mm-hmm. You can, the, we proved it throughout the show. We can get along, we can share, we can be friends. But when it's competition time, it's every man for themselves. We play fair. We don't sabotage. You know, you can still do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to lie, cheat, and steal to win. Some of the best part of competition is the sportsmanship and how we interact with each other, like with anything. Like that's that's where the good stuff is. You know. Yeah, you should be able to walk into any any competition in life, and you play fair. And you do the right thing. And guess what? If you lose, you weren't ready. You right. need to you need to go back and practice more because you can do it, but you're not great at it yet. Mm-hmm. You're not where you need to be to be a winner. And that's what I wish more people could see. It's like you go out there and you do your best and you just play fair. And either you got it or you don't. Like mm-hmm. I would love to be an astronaut well you know what i don't got it to be an astronaut i'm okay at math i can do math because like i can you know, I, I build things so like i know my you know you know this inches plus this many inches equals this many inches and you know this board's this thick and this board's that thick and this needs to be that angle like that's whatever but like i don't know math for space i'm not an right. engineer like i i will never be an astronaut you know what i'm okay with that but i don't need to lie cheat and steal and pretend to you know weasel my way through astronaut school to go to Mars. So you I'm can just call like, yourself an astronaut. Call myself an astronaut. And right. um, I mean, that's just life. I mean, you're, you're, you're dealt what you're dealt and you deal with it. And if you can't do it, you need to practice more. And if you don't give enough of a shit to be good at it, then you move on to something else. And yeah, I just, anyway, that's, that was a long, long way to answer that question. But I just, you see shit all the time. Like people are mean to each other. People are lying, cheating, stealing in life. We went through the pandemic where people are just nasty and we saw the worst in people. And it's like, can we get out of this, this funk? We, and that's what I've said in my previous episodes. Like, I wish they would focus on the good side Mm -hmm. of these challenges, the teamwork, the bonding that we have, the problem solving, the making something out of nothing. Cause we have, we have a pot and a knife and we're butt ass naked. And we do some pretty incredible things out there. 
and you know it's about yeah being vulnerable and overcoming obstacles and there's so many good things that can come out of these experiences the world needs to see to motivate people to get right. going and instead it's like drama and i'm like what we're gonna focus on that i'm like why are we focusing on that that doesn't even matter Oh, so, well, speaking of vulnerability, that, that leads me into my next and pretty much last question is um, to be that vulnerable, to put yourself on TV naked, to put yourself in front of people, to be up for criticism, to be the man in the arena, like uh, Teddy Roosevelt, I think he's the one that wrote about that, is the bravest thing that any human can do is to put themselves out there, whether they win, whether they lose, whatever the circumstances, that's, it takes the most courage to even put yourself in front of other people for critique and for, you know, whatever they're, they're going to say or do. And so that just leads into the fans, TV watchers, people that watch reality TV and what kind of people they are and how do they get it wrong like yeah i mean we talk all the time about i mean there's obviously some wonderful people out there but there are some that are just clueless and they call them the armchair chair quarterbacks or in our case armchair survivalists the people like you just mentioned oh you're a pussy when they're sitting there you know 70 pounds overweight (laughs) probably couldn't walk a mile and they're critiquing our performance out there. So do you have any input about like anything you want to say? So those people, you know, I can be angry with them because like I, so I've gotten off of social media pretty much completely because I started getting some shitty messages from people and I just don't want any part of that. And I'm so and I, you know, I talked to Delaney about it and I think about it and I go, you know, I can waste my energy being angry and I can hold that hot coal and I can burn myself or I can choose a different path. And I don't have anger for these people. I, in a way, have, I have sympathy for them mm-hmm. because it's the old saying of hurt people hurt people. Like people that talk shit, I always click on their profile and I look at their pictures to see who is this person that is attacking me. And a happy person with a fulfilling life who's healthy, and they're not on social media shit talking. They are outside doing something. They have somebody that loves them that they're spending time with. And I just, I feel bad for these people because something happened to them in their life And there's like probably a a series of events that led them to where they are today. And they are not a happy person. Mm -hmm. And they, they need love. They need uh, purpose. They're missing something in their life. They need community. And they had to like, they just feel like they need to reach out and just attack somebody. And I don't understand it. And I could attack back and be like, Oh yeah, well you're just a, you know, you, you you name it. You're like, oh, whatever. You're fat. You're ugly. You're da 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 da. Because most <laughs> of them are. I look at everybody's profile and I go, okay, yeah, this is a person that needs that needs love. They clearly they don't like themselves. Mm-hmm. And I like I hate judging books by their covers, but some people I'm like, if I look like that, I hate myself too. 
And, like, they probably have a job they hate, but they're too lazy to change. Uh, they don't exercise. They probably don't eat healthy. They don't sleep good. And they, they just... They have no excitement in their life, so they go looking for it. Right. Scorched earth because they, you know, they have nothing else better to do. And they they hate themselves so much that they just want you to feel the depth of their despair, which they don't know that they're doing it. They think that they're being cool or whatever. It's just like any bully, you know, it's, it's just bullying. It's kind of how I feel. Yeah. And like, I was going to say, um, oh, fuck, no, I don't remember, but you know, I just, I hope that they just find what they're looking for in life. And you know, like, yeah, you go on to these, because I haven't even been looking at anything because I was like, I don't, even just one negative comment makes my stomach turn because yeah. I know I'm not a bad person. And I see the comments where it's like, oh, you know, lazy, worthless. Uh, what am I even doing out there? I don't know what I'm doing. Always bitching about the cold. And uh, I go, you know what? This person, they don't know what, you can ask anybody that knows me and all my friends and family, people that know me as they've been watching all these episodes, they reach out and they tell me like how proud they are of me that I stuck to my values that I, cause like it's hard out there mm-hmm. and I'm trying to keep my cool and I got a camera in my face. That's the size of a friggin' Yeti cooler that this dude's carrying around. And it's like, I have an entre- I have people following me throughout the woods. I'm naked. I'm just trying to do shit. They keep asking me questions. It's annoying. And but I'm trying to keep my cool and it's so hard to do. And, um, but I just, it's a lot of people like, I read the comments and I go, these people, they just don't critically think. Mm-hmm. They don't bother to think why they don't, they can't look deeper. They don't have insight. Cause I get nice messages from fans that are reasonable people who are intelligent. And they're like, we see through the bullshit. We think, that you know x y and z and like they can see it for what it actually is i'm like that is such a breath of fresh air i'm like there's still smart people out there and it's like a when you go on yelp everybody like they feel obligated to leave a bad review of a restaurant there's nobody up there hyping up a hollandaise sauce everybody's talking about like my food was meh (laughs) and people just are more likely to just go out to be bitches I usually because won't give a review like, unless it's good, you know? I mean, unless I want my money back. Yeah, but, then, like, <laughs> but like good things, like what if we, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what if we uh, complimented each other and encouraged each other? Those are the kind of people that I want to be around. And the, the people that I want to be around usually aren't watching TV, you know? No, I mean, I... I have a TV because somebody gave it to me. <laughs> and the only thing I've watched in the last six months is Naked and Afraid because I'm on it and I want to see what the edit is. Mm-hmm. Which is so bizarre. Uh, I, that Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm so spoiler alert, I tapped last week. Not once have I regretted it. And people, and there's a lot of people that are like, fuck yeah, you did the right thing. And there are some people that think I'm weak. And I'm like, I walked away from a title and what, 65 grand after taxes because I realized 
just there was so much hatred and negativity and I knew when this edit came out that it was going to create a lot of negativity. Look at the Peru XL. That was a shit blizzard of hate for Trish and for Jen. Yeah. Two people that I know and I talk with and they are good people that got a bad edit and everybody was so savage to them. And it's not cool because there's a everybody's got a backstory and it's like we are not the edit and i just yeah i put my family because i'm out there and i'm thinking that this challenge is going to be something else and then i enter it and i see how nasty things get and i see how it's just going to get worse and i'm not doing good health-wise because there's no food mm-hmm. and i realized Oh my God, I am missing one of the most important moments in my family's time. And I'm missing my favorite time of year in Maine. I'm missing so many things that I love and should be home for because I chose to come out here to do this challenge that I thought was going to be something different. And now it's this. And I just felt dirty. I was like, I cannot believe I'm putting this before my family. And people, there's people there giving me shit for it. And I'm like, this is what's wrong with America. We put so much other unimportant shit in front of our in front of our friends and family. So many parents, and I get it, people have to put work first. But there are so many people that like they put money and making money ahead of family and family time. Like I've got relatives and friends that will work weekends to make extra money instead of spending it with their family. And I'm just reading these comments like, oh, so I'm a piece of shit because I left a challenge because I was putting something that was not important that was going to fade over time, over a very short amount of time before my family. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong with this country. We value work. You You go to a foreign country and you can see that they work is last. Like I went to Costa Rica last year. I don't know how people live because it didn't look like anybody works. Everybody's hanging out, dancing, having coffee. I'm like, oh, they just live off of tourism, apparently. And uh, they were so happy. And I was so happy. Mm-hmm. I felt better than I'd ever felt in years because I was in a place that was so stress-free. America is go, 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 work, 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 keeping up with the Joneses, buy this, buy that. Now I have a payment for this, payment for that. I got to make it for all this stuff. And now, oh, I got to have crazy health insurance because my health sucks because... Yeah drink monster energy drinks and i'm up on on my fucking phone and watching movies till midnight i don't sleep i eat shit because i'm on the go i don't go for walks because i don't have time i don't take care of my body because i'm like and we're so stressed out and it's like what are we doing we're driving ourselves into the ground and i've just seen the nastiness of society through these fan pages Mm mm-hmm I have seen the good. I've got fans that message me the nicest, nicest shit. I got fans that send me really thoughtful gifts. Um, so it's like it's you know, but it's it's human nature to like you see bad, bad threat, deal with threat. So like I see these negative, not just towards me, but towards Waz and Matt and Steve and mm-hmm. all these negative comments, and I'm just like, ugh. You want to defend them because they're your friend. Yeah. Yeah, I got I I was telling you that I I'll type out like 500 words 
<laughs> and then I'll just delete it because I mean, granted, I put the energy towards it, but I just can't, I can't stand it because I feel like people like that need to be put in their place. I think that we're doing them and us a disservice when we just let people run all over other people. Now on the internet, yeah, you got to let it go because you can't waste your time. But in real life, I think that's another problem that we have in society is when we see people doing the wrong thing or treating someone poorly instead of just calling it out right there and saying stop and just not tolerating it is that we allow it to continue. We allow, we perpetuate it. It's like just being codependent with our, with our leadership and our, our government and our neighbors and the people we work with and even our friends. We just let them do this bad behavior in front of us and we just let it roll over when we we're participating by not doing anything and just allowing it. I'm just, I'm sick of it, yep. you know? And oh, I'm sick of it too. And you know, like, it's, and that's part of being vulnerable too, is like, when you got a friend doing something that's not cool, it's hard to talk to mm -hmm. them about it. Yeah. Well, their walls go up, they get defensive. It's, it's the lack of accountability and people unable to be responsible for their own behavior and, and, even their own thoughts and you know, it's not just what they say it's what they're thinking about because we spread it when we're not feeling well and we can't get over that hurdle we spread it to others yep when we don't want I to think it's, it's such and i i feel like it's because we have such a lack of community here yeah people aren't held accountable for their actions because you're not around people to keep you in check. And you know, like that's why, like, with us on Last One Standing, we are a community. We are together. Like, we're not, you can't go to your bedroom. You have no cell phone. Like, this isn't the modern world where you can, like, avoid your roommate and just lock yourself in your room and not deal with this bullshit. Everything is out there on the table. And we saw that we were all keeping each other accountable for stuff. Yeah. We keep each other in check. And, like, that's what's lacking in modern society. Because I remember I grew up before cell phones and technology mm -hmm. where we all played together and you had your group of neighborhood kids that you played with and you know everybody always made fun of the fat kid and then the fat kid lost weight uh the one kid always had that goofy ass haircut everybody made fun of him he never got his haircut like that again or you know or you go to school and it's like they call it a pecking order for a reason like we all kept each other in check yeah we live in a world now where we don't have to interact with anybody mm-hmm I can swing by the store, grab whatever I need, or I can have it delivered to my house. You don't have to leave. Like I found this, there was this thing on Instagram. I sent it to you. The how we're in the in the indoor people. Yeah, yeah, that was sad. That was sad, and I was like, holy shit! Yeah, this is what's happening. Where people aren't outside anymore. Like I've got the coolest neighbors across the street, but they they're inside all the time. I don't know what they do in there, but they don't leave their house. Um, people like. Little League, they can't find kids to play sports. The military can't get people to join. I don't know what's happening. It's like we're taking all of this, like in that thing I sent you, we're bringing all these things inside of our house. We don't have to go outside of our house. Like I've got a million house plants. Mm -hmm. 
It's like I'm bringing the outdoors in. (laughs) I'm bringing the outdoors in and I'm trying to keep the outdoors out. So like we have these windows that don't open and these black, these, uh, these darkening room, darkening shades. And, you know, we fill our house with all this. We have like exercise equipment in the house and (laughs) we have all these plants and pictures and we have all this shit inside to make it interesting and fun. And like, I can work out in my house and I can move and, you know, we don't have to, and we can watch, we have umpteen thousand streaming channels. I'm like, oh, I want to go to Africa so I can turn on my TV. I'm in Africa. Or I want to be in this other person's life because my life fucking sucks. And so they, we turn this on. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing better than just shutting it all off and going outside. Absolutely. There's a huge disconnect and we're getting sick because of it. Yeah, we're, we've lost... I mean, what you can feel it when you go outside. It's obvious, you know. I'm gonna get all hippy dippy, but like, there's an energy out there. Mm-hmm. You feel it from the trees and in the wind and the grass and like, I tell everybody, I'm like, if you have heartburn, drop what you're doing and go outside and just walk around for 15 minutes. Your heartburn's gonna go away. That's just amazing. You know, well, probably not like guaranteed every time, but it's likely. Yeah, it's like, I feel, that's why you get seasonal depression. Like, I live in New England. Our winters suck. Mm-hmm. I'm inside more than I want to be in the winter sometimes. And, oh, I just feel awful and you're sad. Like, that's why, you know, you live in Seattle. Yep. You live in the PNW. And um, summertime, I'm like, man, I am so fucking happy. Like, right now, it's a bluebird day. It's gorgeous. I was mm-hmm. outside working on the house. You know, I'm getting sun. I'm getting tan. I'm getting vitamin D. I'm moving my body. I just feel good. Like, I went on a hike yesterday. It's just, I can hear the wind, and I can see things moving around and rustling. I hear the frogs and the birds, and, like, it's summer, man. I don't listen to music. I'm listening to everything around me. I'm listening to the chipmunks, and I'm learning the bird calls, and I'm just, like, because we've separated ourselves from nature. It's like, we are nature. Yeah, we're smart, and we can build things, and we have complex language and ideas, but we're an animal just like everything else. Right. And our, our body is designed to communicate with our environment and the earth out there are the foods we grow there. There's a, a chemical exchange that's happening when we touch the earth or we're tending to our plants. Like they will tailor themselves to fulfill whatever, whatever we're missing. And it's incredible. And people, they, they just, you know, I think people are starting to come around. There is a movement of people trying to influence other people to get outside and ground and to grow their own food and, and spend time outside. Um, have you heard of Andy Frazella? Do you follow him? No, there's okay. It's 75 hard is a program that he put together. It's a mental toughness program. I've heard of the program, but I didn't know the name of the guy that, that did it. Oh, he's awesome. His podcast is awesome. It's Real AF with Andy Frazella. And it's not all programming. Like he's he gets into politics. He pretty much rants and raves about how pissed off and how blind the world is. And he's awesome. You got to listen. But one of the critical tasks of 75 Hard is a 45 minute outdoor workout. Like it doesn't matter what the weather is. You get your ass outside. And you get 45 minutes of whatever. I mean, it could literally be marching in place. But um, it changes people's lives to to put themselves in a a regimented situation. um, And it it helps them form self-discipline and personal accountability. And 
It changes your whole headspace. It changes your body. It changes your mood, everything. So anybody who hasn't done it, like. I should you... do it. Well, now I have my accountability buddy, Delaney. So. Yeah. Yeah. So like, hey, let's do 75 hard. It's shit, fun. Got... Yeah. Cause like summer's here. It's nice. Like shit. I do 45 minutes of work outside every day. I've got a huge garden. I've got chickens, like, doing renovations. Yeah, I, should, I read. I mean, I I do a lot of the stuff anyway, but it's like, to consistently do it every day? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, discipline. So not yep. only those, like, people need more vulnerable to be more vulnerable. God, we need more discipline. It, exactly. Everybody's like, I'm not motivated. Well, it, it's not motivation that gets you through. It's self-discipline. And you have to develop that we have control over that we're the ones that say so small decisions every day will change your life small good decisions or bad decisions will change your life either for the better or for the worse um we i remember we talked about mike glover a little bit back uh, a while back and he was on the art of manliness podcast recently i listened to that one i love the art of manliness it was good and he talks about his first survival skill that everybody needs to worry about is physical fitness and it is our first line of defense you know if something's coming after us we need to be able to book it and not fall down and you know break our leg so super important nutrition that comes along with it and just uh, i how many people out there don't drink water like i run into so many and they're like oh i don't drink water i don't like it i'm like what <laughs> so many and i don't get it like i drink at a minimum three liters a day mm-hmm. but like i'm I, I mean i'm moving i'm busy and like like my friend's dad came over a couple weeks ago to show me how to put in replace windows because like i don't know how to do it so he came in to show me he was here for like four hours five hours he didn't drink water once i get it that's like some old man strength thing that i gotta what? learn to tap into but <laughs> people don't drink water like i've got go place i have a water i have my emotional support water bottle like i that shits with me everywhere and i go out and i'm like nobody has a water bottle uh, i don't know how they do it like well they probably have headaches all the time they're probably well, in bad moods. Yep, which is, yeah, most people, they bitch, like, I get migraines all the time. I'm like, well, how much water do you drink? Yeah. Yeah. And I can't eat, but I'm like, you drink? I'm like, because you don't do anything during the day to be tired. Yeah. You can't fucking sleep. You need to expend <laughs> some energy to be tired. <laughs> and, I know. Uh, <laughs> people don't drink water. Like, I'll go to the grocery store and... You know, you're always um. You, you look at what what people are buying, and uh, I'll never forget. It was yesterday. I went to go get um. Uh, I needed like more butter or something. Some some stupid onions. I don't know. I needed something. And uh, this woman behind me, uh, she's overweight. She had a mask on. Oh God. And oh yeah, and I look in her basket, and she's got you know, it's like this rainbow multicolored these slices of cake. And a couple pints of, like, the friendlies. Like, not even the good ice cream. And I just go, what? <laughs> or you, you look and it's like people, you look in their carts and I'm like, it's junk. It's Doritos. It's Pepsi. It's orange juice. Um, you know, you need, like, fucking mayonnaise. Yeah, pastries. Pastries. And I'm like, I've got a bag of apples and butter and, you know, some yogurt. And I'm looking and I'm like, 
This isn't food. Mm -mm. What are you guys eating? Like, what are you? A, are you a dog with your crunchy food? Yeah, it's. Crunchy food is for, is for pets, and we shouldn't be feeding that shit to our pets. But I'm like, there's so much delicious. Like, I love an apple with like mm. cheese or like some salty cheddar, or uh, I mean, I fucking love Greek yogurt with honey and bananas. I love steak with like rosemary on it. Like for me, that is like I'm I'm about I'm about the umami. Nothing makes my brain do backflips more than like umami. But I'm like I don't see the appeal of you know a little Debbie. I don't get it. I'm like if you're gonna eat a baked good, go to the. I would rather go pay seven dollars for some handmade, you know whatever chocolate croissant at the French bakery because I'm like that's gonna delicious yeah and that's gonna have a mouthfeel that no hostess cake will ever have or i like i learned to bake like when i got home from last one standing i baked my first cake ever i made a carrot cake because that's what i wanted and i couldn't find carrot cake that was had good ingredients it's all got vegetable oil in it and crap i was like i'm making my own and i made it with lard and um I was like and it was fucking good it was awesome it was so good i made it with like coconut sugar and lard and I used organic flour, and it was baller. It was so good. Yum. Better than any cake I ever had in my life. And, um, and like, yeah, it drives me nuts because, like, and I'm going to kind of go off on a side tangent here. Everybody is, like, freaking out about the environment. And they're trying to cut, you know, emissions. Everybody has to drive an electric car. We got to stop eating red meat. And I'm like, uh, no, we need to get rid of Doritos. We need to get rid of Twizzlers, Skittles. Um, you know, we don't need Friendly's ice cream. We can have Haagen-Dazs, but... Uh, soy products. Know. All the soy. We don't need the soy shit. We don't need... Yeah, Beyond Burger. I'm looking, I'm like, there's... Just look at all the junk food in America. Mm -hmm. Corn, wheat, soy. The three crops that we have more than anything in this world. And... How much fossil fuel do you think goes into that? The fertilizer is fossil fuel based. All the equipment that we have to use to spray the pesticides and then harvest everything, and then the factories that have to that it gets sent to to make all this shit. Yep. That's using more fossil fuel than anything. But I have to give up red meat. I know there's a guy in town, but local butcher shop. All the meat's local. And you're telling me, yeah, that they're trying to get rid of that. Yeah, it tell me that I gotta eat this fucking wheat protein, canola oil, beet juice colored, fake meat burger, this lab grown meat. I'm like, this uses more resources than anything. If an animal's raised, you know about regenerative agriculture, if an animal's raised responsibly and in a way that mimics nature, it takes carbon out of the atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. So if, they, if they really gave a shit about the climate, they would be getting rid of junk food. If they cared about our health as a people, they'd be getting rid of it. But everything, and I'm, and I'm preaching to the choir here, we're all in the pockets of the pharmaceutical company. They, When you look at it, they run everything. They mm -hmm. fund everything. Yeah. Scary. And it's scary. And they, when you look at like how many people have died um, with all their different Medis medications that they've come out with and they know people, a certain amount of people are going to die it's like dude even if one person 
has an adverse reaction to your pill or your injection and they die, like, that's a person. That could be me. That could be you. That could be your mother, your father. It's like they have such little regard for our health. It's like, they, it's not about us. Mm-mm. This whole electric car thing, I'm like, there's more to it than climate change. Indeed. Yeah. What do you think about this 15 minute city thing? What's the 15 minute city thing? So they're trying to get all these little communities in these cities all around the world. It's a it's a um, World Econ- Economic Forum gig where we have 15 minute cities. So nobody has to drive their cars. Everything that they need is within a certain radius around where they live. So they're basically pushing people into little communities in which they're kind of like locked in that they don't need to drive. It's actually, they'll, they'll fine you for driving within city limits. You'll get certain, a certain number of passes for the month to be able to drive your car. Um, It's, it's straight up dystopian communism is what it's very scary. Yeah. And we've been seeing a lot of that kind of coming down the pike with the the climate change thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a ruse uh, it's, and it's, you know, just like you said, with the pharmaceutical companies as well, that's a ruse too. the medical industrialized complex. They, they are controlling everything and they influence the FDA. Like they've got them in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you remember the whole thing where we were talking about this the other day, me and my boyfriend were talking about how, you know how people were saying that vitamins were a waste of money and that it was a scam because you just peed it all out, you know? We're yeah. like, you know, the light goes on. I'm like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> it's just a scam. You don't want us taking supplements. No wonder they can't get the FDA to approve any damn supplements or vitamins because they're too busy, you know, in the pocket of the pharmaceutical companies to make sure that they create food with certain preservatives and chemicals that cause cancer to fund the whole cancer industry, which is a thing I know because they've killed off several of my family members and it's, it's just sick. Like when I'm screaming from the hilltops, they're trying to kill all, all of us and our family members. I'm not joking. It's, you know, <laughs> the, the, the bum on the street corner shouting it's the end of the world they're trying to kill us he's telling the truth (laughs) i shouldn't have been avoiding that man i should have brought him over for a sandwich exactly totally um (laughs) speaking of current events um yeah so what was your take on the submersible which was weird because it just so happened to be coming down the pike when the senate is overseeing like impeachment charges we've got hunter biden he's in you know in hot water of course the news isn't talking about it but of course everybody's talking about this submarine and i've been seeing people have become divisive on this i've been seeing it everywhere and to be honest i haven't had time to read it because i've been uh i worked all day wednesday went for a hike thursday and now i'm trying to do my windows today um and I've honestly just been trying to stay off of Good. my phone and my laptop. But yeah. I see it. I see the the whole thing. And it's like, everybody's making a big... It, 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 it is unfortunate. Like, those poor... I couldn't imagine dying like that. But it's just, there's always 
some sort of distraction. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like, okay, so this is a big thing in the news now that doesn't really have anything to do with anything. So what kind of law are they trying to pass? Or yeah, what what's happening? Or what is this bill they're trying to pass that has this other shit hidden in it that's going to get passed that they don't bring up because the bill's a thousand pages long and I have to read it in 20 minutes. So we're voting on it, you know, in an hour. And um, it's just, uh, man, I could go tinfoil hat. Oh, I wish Delaney was here. We could go tinfoil hat on all this stuff. And it's like, if we haven't learned anything in the last couple of years, it's like there is a hidden agenda and they're not doing a very good job at hiding it. And people can call us crazy all they want. But you know what? While you're not, people are out there not paying attention, going back to however they were living their lives before, like you and me, like, we're seeing it for what it is. We're preparing for it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be like, I'm going to be ready when it happens. Totally. Anytime something comes out in the news like that, I'm, I'm looking for what they're really, what's really going on. I'm like, I know this, but it really showed a lot about how people feel about wealthy people, billionaires, in fact, and how what people you, think, curious, what, did, what did you see? I saw a lot of people saying that there there could have been a better use for that money. I can't believe they spent two hundred fifty thousand per person to go down in that you know aluminum can. Um, billionaires have no right to exist. That you know who cares if a billionaire's dead? Um, just really gross stuff. Which is it's like, wouldn't you want that for your life? Why why are we hating on rich people? it's because it's the same people the same reason people hate on us for being on tv because they're doing something we want to do but can't admit that we want to do it and we're jealous yeah we are because it's like this person like do we know how they got rich Uh, no i don't everybody hates, hates on jeff bezos but i'm like when you read his story i'm like that man yeah he deserves to be fucking loaded. He made Amazon. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yeah. And now he's loaded. Hate on him all you want. Everybody, for the most part, secretly loves Amazon. Yeah. Because I'm going to, I'm trying to go to the store to buy something, and the store doesn't carry it. Guess where I'm getting it? Getting it from Amazon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you know, this is the world we live in, and I'm doing my thing here and there to stick it to the man. But hey, guess what? Sometimes I order shit on Amazon. I don't want to, but. That's the only place I can get that thing. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, some rich people are rich for a reason. Mm-hmm. They got money because they put their nose to the grindstone. They sacrificed. They worked late. They worked every day. They sacrificed. I'm not saying every rich person's done that. But the money came from somewhere. Somebody mm-hmm. somewhere was scrappy and they hustled and they got money. And you're upset because you can't get off your ass. Right. And if anything, like people should be inspired and motivated and, and want that for themselves because capitalism, you know, in its purest form without the cronyism is an amazing thing that we. Yeah. I love capitalism. I fucking love capitalism. If you work hard you should be able to earn whatever. Yeah. Like, I am a huge, huge fan. Like, if your thing is better, if your business is better and you're willing to work harder 
and do a better job than this guy, I'm going to hire you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to be fair because that guy does a shitty job. You work. And yeah, I'm going to pick you. Right. Yeah. And that's why like, we should like I, the government need to get it needs to get its hands out of everything and everything needs to be more private because then there's competition mm-hmm. and shit's going to be better. So like, oh God, the government like, should be there for emergencies and like fix stuff sometimes. Get out of my life. Yeah. Get out of my life, government. You are too many fingers in the pie right now. Totally. You need to back off. And um, yeah, I'm like, people are just jealous. You know, like, people will say shit about you, me, Sarah, any woman that's been on Naked and Afraid. It's like, well, yeah, we're a, we're a strong female. You wish you could do that. Secretly. They don't want to admit it, but it's like, well, you park really close to the grocery store. You don't have what it takes to go 21 days. You know what I mean? You don't put your grocery cart back. You... Oh, God. Uh, what are some of the things <laughs> Lazy people do. Lazy people. I see it all the time. Litter. Like, litter. I'm like, oh, you can't. I watched one time this person was in their car. They ate there was some sort of fast food. They were finished with it. They opened the door. They dropped it on the ground, shut the door. I couldn't believe it. I was like, mm. they were in a parking lot. And I'm like, I was like, I had no shame. I walked up there. I picked it up and I, I threw it in the trash. People are lazy. And they it's are. like, this is the world we live in now. It's instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And you know Hey, I'm gonna shit on Amazon. It's because we have Amazon. It's because we yeah. have Instacart. We have uh, Uber Eats and whatever. I'm like, you don't have to do shit anymore. Out on naked and afraid. If I want to eat, I need to go s- walk my ass over to that pond. Mm-hmm. And then good luck even Bro, getting something. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, oh, I want to eat. I better go figure out what I can eat, and then figure out how I'm gonna get it. And then once you do get it, people don't realize, like, man, I'm not eating for hours because I gotta skin this thing or clean it, and then I have to cook it. Uh-huh. It takes a long time. I'm like, man, I'm, and if you don't get something by like 2 p.m., you're like, fuck, I'm not eating today. Damn it. Exactly. And you live I in think a world pe- of just instant shit. Yeah, absolutely. And people need to be uncomfortable. They need to learn yeah, how to function when they're not comfortable. That's where they're going to grow. That's the only way they're going to grow. Yeah, it's like... um you know, for anybody that gardens, if you're trying to harden off your seedlings, mm-hmm. you know, yep. you, you put them out in the sun for a little while until they go, and they start to get all shitty. Then you bring them in or you put like a fan on and you put it on light and that way you, you're agitating the plants and you're giving them a little something to fight against and then their roots get stronger. Mm-hmm. And it's like, people got to do the same thing. And again, go back to climate change. Why do we have air conditioning? Right. That uses so much energy. We're just contributing, like, oh, you want to save the planet? Get rid of your get rid of your air conditioner. Mm-hmm. Don't turn it on in the summertime. And I think that's a lot of re- like a reason why like a lot of people are sick now because our body doesn't have anything to fight, so it like fights itself. Like these autoimmune conditions where your body attacks itself, our immune system is supposed to fend things off, and it has nothing to fight. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No doubt. It's like and in it- the winter time, you know, I can turn my furnace on. My house is you know sixty five degrees. In the summer, I can turn on my AC. My house is now it's 65 degrees. It's always, I walk into any building in the United States, set a certain HVAC system, set a certain temperature. I can get watermelon in November. I'm like, you, like your body, we don't, we don't struggle anymore. Yeah. 
I don't have to go out and haul a bucket up the hill from the creek and boil it. I don't have to cut my own firewood. There's a lot that we don't have to do anymore because we live in the modern world, which is amazing. I love living in this time. But I also have the option to make my life harder for myself, which I try to do every day. I don't, like, I'm not, oh, it's the FedEx guy, of course. He's supposed to call me before he comes here. But, um, yeah, like, I make my life harder than it needs to be. And that's good. That's why you're a badass and you'll continue to grow. I we saw a lot of that during the pandemic. It was it was the weakest, most fearful, most unhealthy um I'm going to say most fearful again, people that were, you know, triple masking up, staying home, scared to death, criticizing everybody else that they were just trying to live their life. And it's like what happened to natural immunity? What happened to, you know, being hardy? Um it's like yeah. um, logic has completely gone out the window and all of a sudden everybody's like, stop, we have to make sure that we don't kill each other by breathing in the same vicinity and then doing things that were completely counterintuitive and harmful to our own health by covering our breathing apparatus. Like you can't, you can't do that and then expect for your body to be able to expel toxins or viruses. Like I even now real tinfoil hat, I'm doubting the whole germ theory thing. I think it's more, it's more, you know, the germ theory versus the terrain theory. I think it's more our system and what lives within us opposed to then what's outside of our body. Mm -hmm. Like, cause I don't, I don't understand it. I'm not sure if they necessarily totally understand it. Like oh, prove to science. me. Science is always wrong. And that's mm -hmm. why during the whole pandemic, they're like, trust the science, trust the science. I'm like, Science is a hypothesis. Yeah. It's not even, it's not even a fact. It's just us thinking like, this might be true. This might be, we're, and constantly figuring out if it is true or not. Science is never like settled. Even nope. shit that we thought was right 50 years ago, we're now finding out is wrong. Yeah. I know. Like, no, you never trust the science. Question the science always. Okay. So one of the things I wanted to get your take on was, and I know you're not, you haven't been on the internet and you haven't been seeing like stories, but have you been hearing about the Orca attacks off of the coast of Portugal, Spain, Gibraltar area? I have. They're, they're teaching each other to attack boats. Isn't that amazing? It's so cool. Like it's so cool. And it's like just a reminder that we're not the smartest animal. We don't give wildlife enough credit. They're crafty. They're cunning. They can communicate. We are not the top dog. I'm wondering if they communicate. Well, I know that they have their own language, but I'm wondering if there's certain species that can communicate with telepathy. You know, I wonder that too, because I've been watching Chimp Empire and... I gotta watch that. You keep telling oh, me. So good. Yeah, they gotta be. It's I mean, I, anything's possible. I'm thinking that it's a thing. I really yeah. do. Yeah, and when? Why wouldn't it be? Well, we do. Like I know when we're out there, all we got to do is like look at each other, and we know what we're thinking. That's <laughs> one of my favorite things. Well, because, like, I never really, because, like, your first one, you're so naive, you don't really notice anything. But, like, with the group one mm -hmm. and that whole dynamic, 
that was that was fun when we were out there. I would just kind of look and like I just look at Sarah, and she'd look at me, and I'm just like, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Or like we'd be in the early days and we we're all together, and like I just look over at Gwen, or I look over at Wes, and I'm like, uh-huh. I'm thinking the same thing I am. I can just tell you just smirk. Yep, exactly. That smirk gives it. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I think it's totally possible that the orcas are. And dolphins and stuff like that can communicate telepathically. Yeah. You talk about the kids. Is it the Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. The kids in the Amazon. I I still haven't read that one. I've had a couple people send it to me. And I just, I haven't, I haven't read about it yet. Well, they've What's definitely that? got an advantage. They were from the, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's the Huatoto Hua, Hua indigenous group. So I'm because, you know, they had to have some sort of not. Well, maybe not. Maybe we would intuitively as children just fucking buck up and be able to find food and just hang in there and keep the little one alive. So it was a 13 year old. Let me see. 13 year old, nine year old, four year old and then a one year old baby. Oh, wow. And they were out there for 40 days. I mean, that's, that's a long jaunt. That is a long jaunt. It's just crazy. Um, And I'm sure we're not going to be able to get too much more info from them since they're kids, but really fascinating, really wonderful and super happy to see. They were on a, this was, it was a plane crash. Yeah. So they were the only survivors. Correct. I think there were only two adults because it was a small aircraft. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I wonder, like, where are they going? And if they're from this indigenous tribe, why would they be on a plane? That's my, because I haven't read the article. They were flying from Arakua. Man, I can't say this shit. Rock Kuara. Man, I'm awful. In Amazonas province to San Jose del Guaviar. Okay. And it doesn't say what they were doing. It was two pilots and the mother and the three kids. So somebody was bringing her to or from somewhere. And I don't know. I'd love more backstory on that. But those were the two that were like, I've been saving in my, cause I have a little file for my podcast and I'll just push interesting articles into that. And so I went in there to grab one for when we came on and talked to each other. I'm no, gonna, who's my favorite what? <laughs> I'm going to have to edit the hell out of this thing. Um, who's your favorite philosopher? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, my favorite philosopher well, I guess he, I mean, he doesn't really, I don't know if I have a favorite philosopher, but I really love, like, I've got Marcus Aurelius's book, Meditations, and I know he's not, a, he's not technically a philosopher, but just reading that, knowing that that was, that all that was just meant to be private. Yeah. And just the insight he had and how he wrote all that down. I mean, I've read the book, um, one and a half times now because I go through and I keep keep rereading it. But 
I mean, he's technically not a philosopher, but just the way he lived his life mm-hmm. and the lessons he took out of everything. Because, I mean, he was such a good leader and um, general and just overall he had good moral character, but people still hated him. Mm-hmm. They were jealous of him, and he just and he dealt with it. And the way that he dealt with it, he did it with so much. I'm sure he made mistakes, but he did it with such like just character. Just he had class. Yeah, seriously. In the way that like, because I read it and I go, man, like I wish that I had read more about him before going on Last One Standing. Because if I could have gone through that challenge with a little more of those stoicism principles. Because there's a reason why it's called a practice, because it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I find myself all the time, I'm like, I should have done it like this. I should have <laughs> done it like that. And I mean, I follow Ryan Holiday and I listen to his podcast and I have a lot of his books. And um, it's hard for me to pick a favorite because I just get like little bits and pieces of, you know, things that Seneca said and things that uh, Epictetus said and so, you know, some of these other other individuals and you just kind of get like the wave tops of all of them yeah because i haven't i haven't been able to fully like immerse myself in it yet because i have there's so many other moving parts of my life that i have Mm -hmm. and that's why i have meditations or i have um like some of ryan holiday's things where he takes bits and pieces of everything because i can read a chapter every night before bed and then i can kind of kind of sit on that um i would love to really be able to immerse myself in it more and I, that's why I think it would be so cool to go to school for philosophy. It would. And then to, because then there's books that I would read that I wouldn't other read otherwise. I'd have essays that I'd be forced to write. I'd have, you know, a professor asking me questions that I'd be forced to think about and answer that I wouldn't normally do in my everyday life. Um, And like, there's, I have so many books that I have read that I need to reread. And like, I just, that's the problem. I never feel like I have the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so much information, and that's why I've been like, trying to stay off of social media because I don't want the negativity. But I'm also trying to learn and use my time more more wisely. But yeah, I don't I don't know if I have a favorite because I I like them. I like everything that they all have to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I like, I, and even though he's not technically a philosopher, like Marcus Aurelius, just. The way that he saw the world, I was like, man, if there were more leaders like that. He's one. He's thing. definitely one of my favorite thinkers. Yeah, I think that's way to put it. I like um, Aristotle too. And what's interesting is you. I don't know how anybody really knows what their lifestyle was, but you always will learn something that'll kind of taint what your image of that person was. But that was the whole reason why I got this tattoo was. Um, this was the, the last time I ever used amphetamines (laughs) was this day I had. So growing up in high school, we always partied with alcohol, weed, and that's when speed meth was just came out onto the scene. And I was partying a lot with that in my teens and my early twenties. I always had the ability to stop, but I always did it because people around me, the people that I let around me were using it. And so I was always doing it and it was wrecking my life. And I was at the tattoo shop and 
I was reading Nico McCann ethics and I had some in my wallet and that's like, I threw it away and I had him tattoo this on me. And, um, that was the last time I ever did it. Hell yeah, girl. Yeah. That was an interesting. And then I remember coming home and my boyfriend at the time, I had like plastic sticking out of my shirt because <laughs> I had, I didn't tell anybody I did it. This is before social media and all that shit. You just didn't, you didn't share that kind of stuff. It was just, it was a private moment for me. And I get a lot yeah. of shit because of it too. They're like, why would you ever do that? I'm like, fuck, I don't give a shit. Shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah. My own business. Exactly. Exactly. Is there anything else you want to get into? I told, I love talking about philosophers at the end of every podcast. I do a stoic of the week or when I was recording weekly and I will read several quotes by one particular thinker. And it's my favorite part of the podcast. And so it's like, it's one of my favorite things to talk about is the study of thought and our, our reality and metaphysics and even, even religion. You know, I like talking about all that stuff. Is there anything you think would be useful to anybody listening? Oh, as far as like a saying or a quote or something like that? Yeah, or a thought, like anything you can think of. Anything that pops up from the ether. <laughs> um, I guess... One, th I guess, one thing I want people to kind of take away from this is think about the backstory for everything, and think of, like, because people, everybody does something for a reason, and like, if somebody's says something terrible or is spiteful or is mean or snappy or whatever, there's a reason why, and it's like you gotta have, you gotta think about that because like the guy behind you honks at you as soon as the light turns green because you know who knows what's going on in his life he's late for something why is he late for something you know is he just has bad time management or is he legitimately like going through a crisis and he can't get his shit together mm -hmm. um i guess it's like everybody's got a backstory just remember that and i guess the biggest thing is like use your energy to be good just be nice. Ask yourself, whenever you're about to do something, is this the right thing to do? Ask yourself that. Because mm -hmm. we all do things that benefit us, benefit us, but like, is what I'm doing going to benefit anybody else? Or is this just something that's going to benefit me and it's going to be bad for somebody else or detrimental to somebody else? Yeah. Is it the, is it the right thing to do? Because it's, it's okay to have integrity. Just ask yourself that question. And if you can't, if you have to even think about it, if you can't say yes right away, chances are that's not the right thing to do. And that's, that's what I tell everybody. Like, just, just ask yourself that one question. I'm like, is this beneficial? Mm -hmm. And yeah, do the right thing. I like that. We call that um, playing it forward. Like, play the scenario yeah, forward okay, in your head. I like that. Yeah, I've you... heard all that before. Yeah, I wish I would have done that a lot more in my life. 
you know, me, me too. And I think back and you know, even just now watching last one standing, I go, was that the right thing to do? I was like, at, at the time, it, yeah, I thought it was. And um, again, you know, just learning life lessons and you got people like they're trying to change. And it's like, so many people want to lose weight. And it's like, is having a bagel for breakfast the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. Or should you have scrambled eggs and an apple? Just ask yourself that. You know, I, I hate that term, YOLO, you only live once. You know, it's like, is there any other way to totally disregard what you ought to be doing? <laughs> you know, and it just, it feels good to do the right thing. Do the right thing and don't tell anybody about it. Yes. Do it for you. Mm-hmm. Do it for you. And just know, like, I got karma points. That's right. Something. Yep. Yeah. Just be nice. Yeah. Be nice. I'm totally going to use this. I try to try to smile really big at everybody. And I try to be, you know, energized when I'm talking to new people or even people that I see every single day, because I see the same people pretty much almost every day. Yeah. And I, I really just try to be excited and present and, and you can see people for the most part, most people will light up and they totally are willing to receive that and they love it. You know, people feed off of it. And then every once in a while, you're going to run into somebody that are going to be like, why are you smiling at me? <laughs> why are you waving at me? Yeah. And then that's when you, you that's when you got to think about the backstory. Like Cheney says, why? why, why are they afraid? Mm-hmm. You know, I saw a really beautiful post by that chick, Tony. I can't think of her last name, but she's the really animated one. And she she's a comedian and she's like a a performer. And she talks about like being willing to be vulnerable enough to just give love to anybody, even um, even if it's scary, even if. You're not sure, you know, how people will be like, they've been through bad things. And so they put their walls up and they'll say, they say that I'm never going to trust anybody ever again. I'm never going to give of myself ever again because of the vulnerability and because I'm afraid to get hurt. Instead, we should be willing to put ourselves out there and be willing to get hurt. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's been no greater lesson for me over the last couple of years on just that, then, you know, doing this TV show. And I mean, finally like having a, like a long-term romantic relationship that I, I mean, I haven't had a relationship in years. Cause you know, like it's, you got the, your military moving around then you got a pandemic that shuts the world down. You're not meeting people. And then you got the aftermath of it where like, you still don't want to hang out with people cause you're pissed off at them. Mm-hmm. And um, just having somebody, because, like, you know what it's like. You've, how long have you and your boyfriend been together? Six years now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's, I mean, that's, I mean, a romantic relationship is vulnerability at its extreme, at its finest. Yeah, absolutely. I was single for a good seven years, and I was yeah. like, I was a player. I was like, I'm never going to let anybody get close to my heart. I'm just going to use and abuse men and freaking <laughs> did what I wanted to do. 
never wanted to be in a relationship again. And then I met Joe and it feels good because I've never trusted anybody more. I've never had such a great friend. That is like you said, it's, it's an extremely vulnerable place to be because that person can just run you right over. Yeah. But, and, and if you want it to work, you have to be vulnerable. That's mm-hmm. why I think a lot of relationships fail because people are afraid to be vulnerable. And so they don't communicate and then things fall apart. Yeah. And to yeah. have a partner that you trust so deeply and can be so comfortable with, it is the ultimate human experience. It is. That's what we all want. We want to be able to show somebody all of who we are inside mm-hmm. and out. And when you have that, it's like lifting this big weight off of you. And it just, it just feels good. And it's like, if more people could have this, everybody would be happier. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking in my I, my early years, I, I know what I was thinking. I was thinking about sex. <laughs> yeah. Shit. I was young too once. I look back and I go, so stupid. <laughs> That's This is how we are where we are today. Yeah, I wouldn't do anything different. That's what made us. I'd go right back and do it all the same because it brought me right where I am right now. Exactly. And I love where I'm at. I'm happy. I'm happy that you do. And I... I love where I'm at, except I'm I'm living through karmic debt or something because it the battle to get out of this part of the country has been the most it's difficult. Hard. It's very hard. The Pacific Northwest is a tough place to leave. It's it's so expensive. It's we're kind of out in the sticks, like we're really close to the coast, so we're right on the peninsula at the bottom part in Grace Harbor. And it is gray. And they called it the hellhole of the Pacific for for one reason or another. So they basically demolished a section of the rainforest and built a town in a floodplain (laughs) with tidal waters. (laughs) It's just, it's insane. It's bizarre. God, that sucks. And I swear to God, if I leave here and I don't even get to see a Bigfoot, I'm going to be really mad. Yeah, girl, you gotta go camping. I know, I know. We went right before we filmed in um, Africa this last time, and it was awesome. It was on the Ho River. It was beautiful. Um, And then scared my kid, thinking that there were actually grizzlies out there, which I know there's no grizzlies in the ONP, but there could be. There could be one. There could be. One you know, bear. bears for being as big as they are and, you know, just cumbersome looking. They're quiet. They're the ghosts of the forest. That's why they call them that. They're scary as shit, man. I would never want to get tangled up with one. Yeah. It'd be done for. Well, I think it's safe to, to end. See, we've been chatting for a long time. Covered a lot of ground. I think we did. I think we got some good stuff. Do you feel good about it? Yeah, I do feel good about it. Okay, I'm going to stop recording. Okay. Oh, well, uh, let me do it an end thing. So thank you for joining us, Chini. And uh, hopefully you'll join us again and we'll have some topics ready. We'll brainstorm. Oh, yeah. I'd love to be back on. I could, I could go long form forever. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you.
You're welcome. Thank you. To conclude, our Stoic of the Week is Marcus Aurelius, and he said, You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this, and you will find strength. And then to close this week's episode, a quote from Cheney herself. The moral of the story, fuck the media. Have a great week. Thank you.